Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL. 1039 FM in Concord, 1019 in the Manchester area, 1450 AM, and nhtalkradio.com. And I am so very happy to say on this Monday morning that our 103.9 signal is back on the air, bigger and better than ever. And, uh, Cat Catherine Martinez, not only our producer, but general manager of WKXL. Uh, congratulations to you and everyone else that helped get that 1039 signal uh, back on the air. Terrific job. And it sounds so good on the car radio. Coming in today, I, it was loud and clear and has a, a wider range than it ever had before. So that is terrific. And we're also on uh, 101.9 in the Manchester area. And, of course, the old reliable signal that's been around for about 78 years at uh, 1450 on the AM dial. Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Dot com And joining us in studio today, making a return visit to our plush but not overly ostentatious WKXL studios, is the Honorable Mike Moffat. Good morning, Michael. Hey, Ken. Great to be back. Uh, 1450 AM is what I usually listen to. So, yep. uh, well, uh, there you go. Well, well, you're, you're old like me, so you know there's AM radio out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. They used to have music on uh, AM radio when I was a kid. Yep. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, That's pretty much all we had uh, for a long time was uh, AM. But uh, now uh, we have uh, our both signals back, uh, FM signals and the AM signal, so and the the uh, the internet. So we're well covered here at WKXL. So, uh, Mike, uh, as we mentioned, a, a state representative, the Honorable Mike Moffat, USMC retired and uh, published author and uh, one of the greats at uh, Plymouth State on the hardwood. And uh, before we get uh, talking about uh, politics, uh, busy Sunday in the world of sports. I mean, I was going, you know, like a madman, four things going on, Red Sox. It was a NASCAR race, the Bruins and the Celtics. Everybody was playing except the Patriots uh, yesterday. And fortunately, for one of those rare occasions, Mike, all three teams came out on top. A trifecta. A trifecta. <laughs> a trifecta, as they say in the gaming world, in the horse racing world. And uh, so true, Red Sox. A pounded Milwaukee, and how about Masataka Yoshida? Two home runs in an inning, and his uh, grand slam was on an 0-2 pitch. Yeah, how about that? And so, you, th- you think when you're down 0-2 in the count, you're protecting the plate. Yeah, and so he uh, swung away and crushed it for a grand slam. So uh, uh, yeah, he protected the plate all right. So he, he certainly <laughs> protected the plate, and. Uh, but the grand slam and uh, the home run that he hit previously in the inning, he joined just four other players in Red Sox history to hit uh, two home runs in an inning. And well, the, the other one goes, uh, what, the first one goes way back to a guy by the name of Bill Regan in 1928. That was even before our time, Mike. 
I was going to say Ted Williams, but Bill Regan was not on my radar screen for that one. It wouldn't have been on many people's radar screens, I don't think, uh, unless you're really uh, a baseball historian. But ironically enough, Ted Williams never did it. Okay. Carl Yastrzemski never did it. Jim Rice never did it. Fred Lynn? Fred Lynn never did it. Here are the, the three other guys before yesterday that did it. Ellis Burks in 1990, Nomar Garcia Parra in 2002, and David Ortiz in 2008. That was the last time somebody hit two home runs in an inning for the Red Sox. It was Big Poppy back in 2008. And Bill Regan did it in Bill Regan did it in 1928. I have to think one of those was inside the park. I don't know. But... <laughs> You know, if you ever look back at at Red Sox history, uh, of course, the Red Sox were good when Babe Ruth was pitching for them. But during the 20s, the Red Sox finished last just about every year through the 20s into the early 30s till Tom Yawkey bought the club. Uh, Just the worst team in baseball for like uh, 10 or 12 years. And, of course, that's before... Most of us, you know, that's when the Yankees, you know, the curse of the Bambino and all that. But uh, to have a team that was some some years they'd win fifty games, fifty fifty three games, right? And they were terrible, and uh, nobody went to the games. And um, and uh, you know after they lost, after they got rid of Babe Ruth, um, they they paid for it until the mid thirties, and yeah, Yaki. Took, uh, bought the club. Yeah, and uh, Ted Williams, of course, started his career in 1939, but uh, lost about five years to military service. Can you imagine what Ted's numbers would have been had he not been uh, you know, in the military and, and served us as he did so well, not only in World War II, but in the uh, Korean conflict as well? So much speculation about that. And what, what a great story about what, uh, what Ted Williams uh Missed in terms of three years in his prime in the in the forties, yeah, and then he uh, missed uh, parts of several seasons in the early fifties when he went to Korea as a as a fighter pilot, which he was. What you know, I, I'm a Marine reservist, and, yeah. and I was activated and, and went to war in Desert Storm in 1990 91, and uh, and Ted, of course. So the Marines are very aware of Ted Williams, and he did not really want to go to Korea. He had, he was in the reserves as a pilot. For, there was some, re, you get a little extra money. It was, uh, and the Korean War came out of nowhere and suddenly uh, they they called him up and uh, and he went and he did many, you know, uh, missions, co- yeah, combat yeah, missions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, truly a, a hero. Bob Costa, who is a broadcaster, you know, yeah. NBC sports yeah. guy, Interviewed Ted Williams once and said, "You are really the John Wayne, you know, the uh, real life John Wayne, right? I mean, not not portraying it in movies, but doing it in real life. Yeah, yep, yeah. And he is there. He was. There's no doubt about that. Uh, certainly, uh, one of the great hitters of all time, but a war hero uh, as well. I mean, uh, very few can say that. Although there were many players that did serve." Uh, during World War II from Major League Baseball. I know Yogi Berra was among them, and, and so many, but uh, he, he was one that, that came to mind, and so many served in World War II. And, uh, you know, that's that's why they, they developed the, the Women's uh, Professional League back in that that's era. That's right. Yeah. A yeah. league of their own. That's right, which is a great movie. 
one of my favorites. I actually met one of the uh, stars, if you will. Uh, I was in Europe, actually. Uh, Beth and I were in Europe on a tour, and one of the uh, the, the Canadian girl or woman, um, trying to think of what her name was, I was talking to her on the tour bus, and she uh, found out that she was uh, she with Madonna, you know, and Tom Hanks, uh, right? Oh yeah, Rosie Gina O'Donnell Davis, was in it, yeah. And she was the yeah. she was the one from Canada, and she was from Canada in real life, and mm-hmm. she was from Canada in the movie. I think she played third base or whatever she played, and uh, it was just fascinating to. Uh, to just meet her on a bus in Czechoslovakia, yeah. yeah, and oh my gosh, you were with uh, all these stars in a league of their own. Sure, that that four team, I think it was a four team league, came about because so many guys, men, were in, in uniform, all right? And they wanted to entertain people uh, during that time. And there still was Major League Baseball, but not featuring the stars that. Uh, you know, they, they would have had had there been no war. There was a one-armed guy playing for the St. Louis Browns. Pete Gray. Yep. Pete Gray. Boy, can you imagine? But, <laughs> but, there, but you know, that happened again, uh, you know, not too long ago with Jim Abbott. True, true. Yeah, yeah well, with the Angels. Uh, but And the Yankees. Pitched for the Yankees, too, for a little while. But, uh, no, it's just uh, incredible what um, Masataki Yoshida, who did not get off to a very good start, uh, this year, but yesterday, six RBIs, two home runs in the game. So hopefully, uh, he's figured it out, and uh, we'll see what happens when the Red Sox open a three-game series in Baltimore tonight. Mike Moffat is with us. So much more to talk about uh, here on uh, this edition of Kale and Company. And again, the the big news from WKXL 103.9 FM is back on the air louder and clearer than ever before. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We are back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL. Mike Moffat is in the house, member of the New Hampshire House of Representatives and uh, USMC retired author and columnist for the Weir's Times. He's in there every week, folks, and recently, uh, Mike's story about uh, Babe Ruth and his history in New Hampshire uh, made the front page of the Weir's Times. Yes, it did, Ken. Uh, Babe Ruth, uh, as most folks know, did play for the Red Sox for five or six, 1914 through 1919, uh, won three World Series. He's a pitcher. And so he had a lot of history in New Hampshire. Uh, if you go up to Plymouth, where D&M Park, Draper and Maynard Park, and then there's a D&M building that uh, Plymouth State University now owns. You, you would be familiar with that. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, you see pictures in there of Babe Ruth. So we knew that he came up to uh, Draper and Maynard Company in Plymouth where they made baseball equipment and baseballs and whatever. But he also, I found out, uh, hung around Lake Winnipesaukee a lot. Uh, and I uh, met a guy from currently lives in Bristol named Mike Hatch who uh, was talking to me about con- family connections to, to Babe Ruth. And, and he eventually get, uh, 
gave me some photos of uh, Babe Ruth uh, on Lake Winnipesaukee in the winter and and uh, on a sled and, and that type of thing. And so I uh, got quite a lot of stuff from Mike for my feature, and I got online, did some research as well, uh, some of which I was vaguely aware of. Uh, so Babe Ruth came up to the Red Sox in 1914. He was, he was uh, 19 years old. And... Um, and he met a 16-year-old uh, waitress named Helen Woodford in 1914, and they got married uh, down in Baltimore at the end of the season. He was ni- so they were both teenagers. He yeah. was 19, and yeah. she was 16. And some of the pictures I eventually found out uh, he was with several women in some of these pictures that I get from Mike Hatch, of the babe in the winter, yeah. wintertime at Lake Winnipesaukee. And one of the women was Helen Woodford, who would have been his wife at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, apparently, uh, loved coming up to New Hampshire. Once he went to New York Yankees, uh, not so much, but, uh. He must have loved the hot dogs around Lake Winnipesaukee, huh? Well, uh, <laughs> I guess there were some grand hotels, uh, yeah. Mike, Michael was telling me. He's in his 80s now, and, uh, he's been in the Lakes region forever. And, uh, and the babe, uh, used to come up and, uh. You know, love to hang out at some of these grand hotels yeah, in Lake Winnipesaukee, yeah. uh, where you know the, the big shots would, would come. Uh, and he drove a car up. Of course, if you look at the car that is in some of the photos of Babe Ruth at right. Lake Winnipesaukee in the wintertime, you know, it's a pretty old car. And I'm looking at this car, and I'm thinking, I don't think it has a heater. You know, it, you see Babe Ruth in this big fur right. coat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking, uh, okay, I. I would. Uh, th- I don't even know if it if the windows went all the way up, uh, but uh, j- just fascinating to to see these pictures and right. talk talk to folks who uh, are aware of of uh, the Babe, the Bambino, and, yeah. h- hanging out in New Hampshire and his presence uh, in New Hampshire. I think his uh, his daughter uh, lived in New Hampshire uh, for many years. That was in the uh, part of my story. Yeah. Uh, his stepdaughter. Um, his first the 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 aforementioned Helen Woodford who he mm. married yeah. uh they moved to New York when he went with the Yankees and eventually the babe being the babe uh you know it was it was it was a challenging marriage situation and Helen eventually came back to New England and, and died in a farm uh mm. in a farm fire uh in 1929 uh, i think and then, and then babe remarried so the woman and he had well that's another he had two daughters uh stepdaughter and his own daughter and so the stepdaughter lived to be 102 she lived in conway mm-hmm. yeah. and uh after her 100th birthday she, i guess she became a red sox fan and she threw out a pitch at fenway uh right yeah to celebrate her 100th birthday and yeah. there's babe ruth's stepdaughter sure yeah so Babe Ruth had uh, quite a history here uh, in the Granite State. Larger than life. Larger than life would certainly be one way to describe uh, the Babe. No no doubt about that. Uh, You know, we're talking about yesterday being such a huge uh, sports day uh, in New England with the Red Sox winning and the Bruins taking a 3-1 lead over the Florida Panthers in their series and the Celtics taking a 3-1 lead over the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, last night, you know the guy. I mean, we we talk, you know, a lot about uh, you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and uh, Marcus Smart. The guy I I love to watch is Rob Williams. 
He had a double-double yesterday. He, he did, and it uh, didn't take him long to do it. Uh, he uh, he is amazing. I mean, he really is has such an impact on the game when he is out there. Well, you can't teach somebody to be seven feet tall. And speaking of seven footers, I, I was talking actually. I met Robert Parrish recently. At, oh yeah, at the yeah. Brook in Seabrook, and uh, and he was talking about Robert Williams. And Parrish just was concerned that Williams just has no offensive game much at all. He's not really a, a scoring threat. Although I guess he had. 10 points yesterday. But if you're seven feet tall, you ought to be able to get some garbage and, and get a few points. But, uh, yeah, he is a, a defensive presence. He rebounds. Um, yeah. And if he could develop a little bit of offensive game, mm-hmm. then uh, that really would help the Celtics. Well, he's pretty good around the hoop, but really not you know regarded and, and not uh, an outside shooter at all. But, you know, he's not a bad foul shooter for a big guy because we've seen so many big guys in the past – that have not been able to shoot fouls, including Will Chamberlain had trouble at the line. Bill Russell yep. was not a good free throw shooter. Now, Robert Parrish, uh, that you met recently, uh, he was a very good outside shooter for a big man. Yeah, he had a kind of a rainbow uh, jumper, and and uh, and he yeah he, he could hit the 15-footer, uh, yeah. the turnaround uh, from uh, 8 to 10 feet. Yeah, he, he could... Uh, he, he, he could shoot. Now, I, I love Bill Russell and, and had the opportunity when I was very young to, to see him play in, in person any number of times. And uh, his offensive game was not great either. I mean, he was a tremendous defensive player, great rebounder, but was not an outside shooter. He had a little hook shot from close range that he would pull out of his bag of tricks once in a while, but not a good free throw shooter at all. No, and if you watch his form on old films or whatever, it looks pretty bad. Yeah. You know, if you see him at the foul line, it just looks – it has no form, never really had a jump shot. Yeah, Like you said, he did a hook shot, and he, he, he could stuff the ball and, and score from inside from time to time. But apparently, as bad of a free throw shooter as he was, when the game was on the line, he would make those shots. Yeah. And – uh well, well, to me, I, to me, he's still Bill Russell. If I had to say who was the greatest Celtic of all time, I would say Bill Russell. That would be my my answer to whoever asked. Well, when I be, I became of age and started being old enough to watch sports, he was still playing the end of his Celtics career and loved to watch him. Old number six, and since then I've gone back on which you can do on YouTube and find all these old oh, video yeah. tapes sure. and films of. Of the NBA back when he played, and uh, it's just wonderful to to watch how he uh, integrated with his teammates, yeah. and uh, you know rebounded, defended, and he, he was very athletic. He was oh, one of the yeah. fast. He could jump and run, and uh, plus he uh, became a coach for yeah. the first African American head coach in, in big time yeah. sports in, in yeah. America. Exactly, and uh, was a good one as well, and uh, you know died uh, not too long ago, and being honored by every NBA team wearing the number six on their on their jerseys uh, this year. Old number six, yep, yep. and uh, that will never be worn again by another uh, NBA player. Uh, and speaking of, of former Celtics, one that is still with us from the Bill Russell era, and even before the Bill Russell era, Bob Cousy. And I was reading today in the Concord Monitor, they have this day in sports history. And on this date in 1963, 
So we're talking now about 60 years ago. 60 years ago, Bob Cousy ended his 13-year career with the Celtics by scoring 18 points. Celtics won their fifth consecutive NBA championship, beating the Lakers 112-109 to in Game 6. And they went on to win three more in a row because they won eight in a row at that stretch. Can you imagine? I mean, there were certainly not as many teams in the NBA at that time. But can you imagine any team now in any sport winning eight consecutive championships? Well, that's just not going to happen. Of course, the NBA was not very large in those days. Right. They had about eight teams maybe at For a while, they had eight eight teams. So so it was different than having 30 teams. But, uh, yeah, the Celtics run. And I saw a picture of Cousy somebody posted on Facebook, and he's in his 90s and still still around, and, and God bless him. And. Yeah, he scored 50 points in a game uh, against the Syracuse Nationals in the early 50s in a playoff game. I think it was like thir- it was a triple overtime playoff game. Yeah, Celtics won, uh, and he uh, scored 50 points. And I know we got to run, but he used to get a lot of rebounds too. If you he did. ever look at his yeah. rebound, he's like six one. Yeah, and, and he led that fast break. And uh, boy, the Celtics uh, used to run like crazy. And- yep. And uh, Tommy Heinsohn was a part of that team, and Satch Sanders, and a guy you know very well who gave you the name, Groveton Slim. That's right. Tom Satch Sanders. Yeah, we talked about that another time. That's right. Groveton Slim is with us today here (laughs) in studio, the Honorable Groveton Slim, a.k.a. Mike Moffat. He is uh, going to be with us for the remainder of the program, whether he wants to be or not. And uh, (laughs) and we're going to talk golf. Because you have a big tournament coming up. That's right. That's right. Big tournament coming up with uh, the legislators and uh, have an opportunity to play with them. We'll tell you all about it when we continue right here. Kale and Company live on WKXL. 103 is back. 103.9 is back on your FM dial. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, as well as nhtalkradio.com, anywhere you travel. And I know Mike Moffat does a lot of uh, traveling, coast to coast. You're kind of a, a bi-coastal guy. Yes, uh, Beth has... Uh uh, kinfolk family out in on the west coast, so uh, we go back and forth uh, by coast, not bipolar, by coast. Right, right. No, I said by coast. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I'm a frequent flyer, and uh, we make that work. And it's uh, sometimes it's a, it's a long trip coast to coast, but it's it's worth it. It's worth it. So you spend a lot of time in Oregon. We do now, yep. We were down in San Clemente, and uh, we moved our West Coast operations up to Portland. Very different from San Clemente. I was just out there, and it rains a lot uh, in Portland. Kind of missed that California sunshine a little bit, but it's beautiful as well in a different way up in in, uh, Oregon. Now, have you seen a game in Portland, Uh, Trailblazers game? Yes, I I, as a sport. Sports columnist, actually, I was out there last year, and I contacted the Blazers, and the Bulls are in town, and I just emailed them just to see if they'd respond, and explained I was a sports columnist uh, back in New Hampshire, and they gave me credentials, and and I got in there. I I wasn't in the prime uh, press box, but I was able to move around the arena for free. Yeah. Of course, I did a column on it with some photos. Yes, you did. I remember the pictures, yeah. Yeah. uh, 
Yeah, the Moda Center in Portland. Uh, and the Trailblazers were horrible. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, and uh, I don't know if they were tanking. But uh, now that I'm going to be in Portland part-time, I, I want that NBA team to be more competitive. There you, you know? go. So. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, and hope that Damian Lillard stays with the team, right? Yep. I mean, there's a good chance uh, that he may go elsewhere, uh, from what I understand. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, the Celtics are still in action. That's the important thing. Uh, you met the chief, Robert Parrish, uh, a few weeks ago at the Brook in, in Seabrook. And uh, now, before we forget about it, we want to talk about golf and a, an event you have coming up in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, Ken, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, the Legislative Golf Classic is back. They used to Legislators used to have a golf tournament that has not been played in a while, but uh, uh, Representative Jim Maggiore, a Democrat from Northampton, and I uh, have been working to revive that, and we are going to have a golf classic, legislative golf classic, on Monday, June 26th at Loudoun Country Club. Uh, Delta Dental, uh, who you mentioned, one of your program sponsors, is already going to have a foursome. Uh, they're sponsoring a foursome. So we have plenty of time still. Uh, and so if, if anybody's interested in mixing and mingling with some lawmakers. And, and, and who wouldn't be? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's some lawmakers that have senses of humor and, and stories, of course. Uh, and, uh, and the proceeds go to Liberty House. Uh, and Liberty House is a, is a facility in Manchester, New Hampshire, that's devoted to helping veterans, homeless veterans, transitioning veterans. So all the proceeds will go to Liberty House. And uh, again, that's uh, June 26th. And if anybody listening wants to uh, support this or play in in the- uh, So anybody can play. Yeah, until we sell out all of our, we still have plenty of foursomes left. We're gonna have 36 foursomes. and if anybody wants to uh, participate, uh, Ken, like I said, if they just want to track me down, I'm Mike Moffett, uh, M-O-F-F-E-T-T. If you go to NewHampshire.gov, just go to the legislative site and right. find my contact information. Uh, or Jim Maggiore uh, on the Democrat side from uh, Northampton. Uh, just contact us and we'll, uh, we'll get you the info and love to have you participate in this fun event in a worthy cause. Now, is there food involved? Yes, uh, of course. There's a a luncheon. (laughs) And also, uh, we're going to have a contest, longest drive, uh, that type of thing. And if hole-in-one on on number 17 will get you a vehicle. Now, Representative Maggiore was saying that you can do an insurance policy and have somebody win a car. Mm -hmm. So he was suggesting a Prius. And I said, well, how about a pickup truck, you know, because you, you yep. got this red and blue thing going. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll figure out uh, what what kind of vehicle you can win if you get a hole-in-one. Uh, but it, these are a, a lot of fun. And if you're a golfer, even if you're a poor golfer like me. Uh, oh, I don't believe that. Play, playing in a scramble uh, really is a lot of fun. It's the best ball. And uh, so if you have one good golfer in your foursome, then, uh, you know, you can be competitive and and it uh, should be a lot of fun. And, again, that's uh, June 20- Monday, June 26th, Loudoun Country Club. Beautiful Loudoun Country Club. Beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful Loudoun Country Club. The People's, the people's the, the, Golf Course. The People's Golf Course right on Route 106. Beautiful spot. I think they have Keno there as well if you want to do that. And uh, 
So yeah, that'll be the 26th of June. Who, who's a, 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 a legislator that we know that might be a, a – and I know you're a good golfer. You, you kind of downplay it, but I know you're good. Uh, but who, who else uh, is a good golfer among the uh, legislators? Well, I'm trying to think. Uh, I got a message from Representative Chris True, who's a little older, but he is uh, is very sharp, very straight. Uh, trying to think. So I have played golf with a bunch of them. Uh, Michael Vos, uh, another older golfer who keeps it in play and is, is very sharp. Uh, I'm trying to think of big hitters. Greg Hill uh, from Northfield, very good golfer. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, Tom Welsh will be on that team. Um, I'm forgetting some names because, uh, uh, of course, there's 400 representatives. Yes, and, yeah. and a lot of them. Uh, do play golf. There's some female reps that I know have uh, signed up and are going to play who are very athletic. Uh, so, um, and you can, because it's, uh, you can buy what we call mulligans. And golfers know what I'm talking about. Yep. A mulligan is an extra shot. So if you, and you pay like 10 bucks for a mulligan. So if you buy like five mulligans for 50 bucks, then you can, uh, if you miss a, if everybody misses their eight-foot putt, then you can you, you play a mulligan and, and uh, maybe make that putt. So, uh, yeah, we'll have mulligans and, uh, and hole-in-one contests and food, and, and you get to hang out with some fun lawmakers. There, there you go, and, uh, and most of them are, and it all benefits the Liberty House in Manchester. That's right. June 26th, so you have a little time, but, you know, it's going to sell out in the not-too-distant future. 46 foursomes. 36. 36, but, 36. Okay. But this time, Ken, for you to get a foursome together. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> if you, and I, I'm sure you're competitive, but if you can get <laughs> that one good golfer, uh, that's, that'll keep you, keep you in play. A friend of mine that, that you know, that you know, uh, a fellow uh, Groveton, uh, you know, a native, uh, is a much better golfer than I am. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that uh, this is an opportunity for that Grofton native to uh, to shine at Loudoun Country Club. There you go. Mike Moffat is with us, and uh, we will still have time to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, at the legislature. Kind of a quiet week this week, and uh, no sessions until when? May sometime? Yeah, there won't be another full House session until we get into May. We've had crossover, so now... Uh, we're hearing the Senate bills in on the House side, House committee side, and the Senate is hearing the House bills in, in their Senate committees uh, right right now uh, as we get towards the end of April. And then uh, come May, uh, you know, we'll have some full sessions and we'll see uh, which Senate measures move forward. You know, the House had about a th- almost 1,000 bills of what— wow. Including several from me that just didn't make it, and you know, for different reasons. So most bills don't make it. It's hard for a bill to move forward. But the ones that did, they get to the Senate, and sometimes the Senate kills them. Right. Or they amend them. And if they, if the House amends the Senate bill, or the Senate amends the House bill, then and passes it, then there has to be a conference committee, committee conference to uh, work out the different versions. And then ultimately, both houses have to support the amended version uh, and then if that happens it goes to the governor and the governor doesn't always sign everything uh, as I know very well and uh, so it's not easy for a law to happen but uh, probably should not be easy 
That's true, and uh, so that's why there's that uh, that process that uh, has been around for a long time. So uh, the House, as many people have heard, uh, did recently pass another marijuana bill. So what uh, what what is that all about? What uh, is that for recreational marijuana? Yeah, the bill that the House passed basically legalizes uh, pot. You know. We've decriminalized it pretty much already, but this makes it legal in the same sense that Massachusetts has legalized it and taxes it. Uh, passed the House fairly handily. Uh, I did not support it myself, but uh, it looks like the Senate is going to be a different ball game for the marijuana bill. I don't know that it's going to pass the Senate, and I don't know that the governor would sign it. He, In the past, he's not been a fan of legalized, right. full, fully legalized marijuana, so... There's, yep. there's that. We have had the recreational marijuana. I'm not recreational. I should say the uh, medicinal, medicinal mar- yep. marijuana for quite some time, but uh, not the recreational, which I think they have in uh, the other five New England states. I think we're the only one that uh, does not have it. And Quebec. And Quebec. Yeah. Not in Quebec. Quebec has it, right? Yep. They have They it. do, yeah. Yeah, they do. All right. We're surrounded by it, folks. Uh, we'll take a break. Kale and Company Live will continue. State Representative, the Honorable Mike Moffat, with us. And we're coming down the home stretch, but a lot more to talk about right here. Kale and Company Live on WKXL 1039 FM, 1019 FM, and 1450 AM, as well as nhtalkradio.com. You can't miss us, folks. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It is a Monday. Mike Moffat, the Honorable Mike Moffat, a native of beautiful Groveton, New Hampshire. I, I understand there's a big uh, big reunion coming up uh, this summer. That's what I've heard through the grapevine. Well, yes, my class, my high school class of 1973 is having a 50th uh, reunion up at the... Uh, TNC, the Town and Country uh, uh, Motor Inn in uh, Shelburne. It is what it is, Ken. Fifty years. Well, I've already had it, so <laughs> we we all have to get there at some point, right? The clock we're, keeps ticking, but we're, uh, we're, we're just still lucky to be around. Grateful you know? to be here for yeah, sure. That, that's for sure. That's going to be a a great time. I'm sure you'll be there. Yes, I will be. Yep. Uh, unless I, I was going to be there last year, and something I, I ended up having to go to a Fisher Cats game for something else. <laughs> but uh, hopefully this year we can uh, we can be up uh, in the beautiful North Country for the GHS uh, annual reunion. There you go. And uh, so we were talking about the the golf tournament, which is going on uh, June twenty sixth. And uh, I, I there was something I wanted to mention, and you know what? Because I'm so old, I, I forgot I forgot what it was. But uh, going back to the legislature, when you return, uh, what uh, what is the the first order of business? Well, uh, I chair the House Committee on State Federal Relations and Veterans Affairs, which is a, not a very busy committee. I, I've been on Education Committee, which is a busy committee. Uh, this Friday, actually, we're going to hear one bill in my committee, and it's a historical bill. It has to do with... Uh, Recognizing some New Hampshire history is part of the uh, 250th uh, anniversary of, of America. Uh, July 4th, uh, 2026 will be the 250th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hear a bill in my committee um, 
on uh, integrating some New Hampshire history into this into the formal celebrations of the 250th. So that's uh, on my horizon this week. Not very busy, um, but I uh, I love to go to the state house and sometimes sit in on other committee hearings. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow there's going to be a, a hearing in Ways and Means Committee on a gaming bill. Senator Tim Lang has put forward. Um, and again, as I said earlier, it's so difficult to jump through all the hoops to get a, something passed into law. So he got that through the Senate. So there'll be a hearing in Ways and Means on this uh, expanded gaming bill. Uh, he wants to earmark some of the new revenue if this moves forward for the community college system, yeah. scholarships for community college uh, folks. So that's tomorrow, uh, 10.30, at the Legislative Office Building, uh, if anybody wants to. At the uh, LOB, yeah. It's, it's free, as you know, Ken, as a former Solon yourself. Uh, <laughs> some of these things are rather boring, some of these bills, and some of them are very compelling. And, uh, and so that's, uh, if you are interested in, in legislation, uh, it's, it's free. You can... Uh, Sit it's, in and you can testify. Sometimes can be great entertainment as well. And for, they're, for they're all on YouTube now, too. I sometimes I'll uh, go back to a committee session that I'm involved with and, and watch it again on YouTube and try to pick up on some things I might have missed. Information age. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, lo- love being in the mix at the State House, though, Ken. I, uh, I really do. So what what is the gaming bill? Uh, I, I mean, I know it's going to try to earmark funds for the uh, you know the colleges, but uh, what? Uh, how is it going to be expanded? Is it going to be expanded, or is it just a matter of where the the funds are going to go? Uh, it's going to be expanded, uh, Ken. And Senator Tim Lang could better explain that at some point. Uh, the, the ways that he's expanding it, there's going to be more locations where some gaming activities can take place. That's part of it. Uh, now, when you have a bill like that, the resistance that he needs to deal with is, is from existing gaming establishments who are not keen on having more competition. Right. Uh, so that's the yin and the yang of this. Uh, that's part of the legislative process is to uh, – you know, answer questions and, and get the votes to get something forward that not everybody is in favor of. And, and you know, some legislators, uh, you know, lobbyists and, and, and uh, citizens contact legislators and ask them to vote a certain way, one way or the other in these things. And some have vested interests, and mm-hmm. uh, that's just part of uh, the, the process of balancing competing uh, perspectives and interests, and then uh, trying to get something through that you believe in. And of course, then it was now Senator uh, Tim Lang that, uh, when he was a member of the House of Representatives, that was able to get uh, legislation passed that uh, legalized DraftKings uh, he, in New Hampshire. 2019. He did an amazing job, Senator Tim Lang. Uh, his party, our party, was in the minority that, at that during that session, and he he got it done. Uh, made the compromises and the deals, if you will, necessary to get it all the way to the governor's desk. He signed it. And I was actually there on June, uh, January 1st, uh, 2020, when the historic first bet was made by uh, Governor Chris Sununu down in Manchester. And uh, since then, many millions of dollars have, have come in uh, to the education fund and, and to the state. Uh, so, uh, I, Tim, who I know you've had him on this show, he is behind this current gaming expansion bill, but he uh, is a very 
uh, impressive, talented uh, uh, legislator. He, he's got more energy than me. He's younger, and uh, he, you know he has has time to chase these things down and, and get them done. He, yeah, he's a very uh, active guy, and uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but now there are fourteen charitable casinos in the state of New Hampshire. Did, right. did you ever think you would see 14 casinos of any kind in the state? Well, uh, we used to have bingo up at St. Yep. Francis Hall in Grofton. <laughs> uh, but that really was not a casino operation. But yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about the Brook, Seabrook earlier, yep. and Concord has, has an operation. Belmont at the old dog, yeah, uh, dog that's track. been around for uh, that's one of the oldest ones yep. uh, in belmont you know it used to be the the greyhound track there and these are char- uh, charitable uh gaming institutions charitable casinos where right. where a percentage uh has to go to charities I, i'm a member of the loudon lions club yeah and our lions club gets uh some fun funds from uh you know participating in in partnering with uh the casino operation at, at the draft uh, here in uh, in Concord. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it's thirty five percent of the gross revenue, gross gambling revenue, has to go to designated charities. Well, and it is a win win win. The charities make out. Uh, the proprietors, if they do it right, make out. The patrons make out. The uh, sometimes. Well, they can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's that potential anyway. <laughs> the the gambling casino down in Manchester I've been to several times and I've had a great time down there the few times that I've been. Uh, and the sports betting part of it, it just makes a game so much more interesting for me if you get a small investment in the outcome. Right, exactly. Otherwise, yeah. uh, at my age, I, I just don't get all that worked up about seeing the you know the, the Seattle Mariners play uh you know, the Texas Rangers. But if you have a couple of bucks on it, it makes it a little bit more makes intriguing. Makes it intensely right. interesting. <laughs> That's the thing. Yep. There you go. That's so so true. What, what I, I don't get, I mean, and, and I guess, you know, the the people in, in Concord have, uh, have voted against Keno in the city of Concord for a number of years, ever since Keno has been a thing. Uh, in in this state, they have always uh, voted against having any of the establishments or uh, convenience stores uh, get involved with uh, with Kino. But we do have a casino in in Concord, and and now uh, the the folks who operate the draft casino are are looking to uh, construct another one uh, right uh, in the uh, the junction of uh, Loudon Road and uh, Sheep Davis Road. So, sure. Yeah. I don't live in Concord, so I don't have a vote on that. But I, I know there's a lot of uh, pushback and opposition to that for different reasons. But I, I hope that the folks in Concord, you know, if the, uh, the, if the people have a good plan and they follow all the rules, then uh, is there going to be extra traffic? Of course. Uh, there's going to be more economic activity. And that's again. That's a local, uh, you know, city process that they go through whether or not to approve this. But I personally hope that they'll give them a chance. You know, there's jobs. You know, I say win, win, win. You know, uh, the proprietors make money if they do it right. They hire a lot of people. Manchester has a lot, a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. It's fun for people. Uh, charities make out. Um, yeah, it, it could be a win, win, win. Four wins. Win, 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 win. So. So again, uh, expanded gaming hearing tomorrow in the legislative office building right behind the state house. What time is that? Ten thirty. The uh, the gaming bill is being scheduled to be heard, and 
Having mentioned this in your show, I'm afraid that the no, hearing will maybe pack. There's going to be lines uh, outside the LOB tomorrow, people <laughs> looking to get in. I may be looking to get in at, at 1030 tomorrow morning. Well, you can testify. Just fill out a pink card, yeah. and you can uh, you can weigh in and try to influence the, uh, the process. Well, Mike Moffat, always a lot of fun to have you on. And again, uh, the golf tournament, the Legislative uh, Golf Classic. Coming up Monday, June 26th at the beautiful Loudoun Country Club right off uh, Route 106. And, uh, Mike, thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. All right. That'll do it for this edition of uh, Kale & Company. If you missed any of it or would simply like to hear it again, and who wouldn't, uh, tune in tonight right after 7 o'clock on 103.9 FM, 1019 FM, 1450 AM, and nhtalkradio.com. Make it a great Monday, everybody.